Hey there, it's Biana from Bold Culture. Just a friendly reminder, it's not only up to your employees of color to fix your diversity and inclusion problem. It's up to everyone. Need help? Visit us at boldculture.co. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Hello. All right. It's First of all, it's 2019, and I still have not gotten used to saying that. It's been 2016 this week for me. It's been about 2018 for a couple days. I'm pretty sure last week I wrote it was 2017, but it is officially to the yeah. – what is it? The Lord's Year of 2019. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's cool because you can do, like, cash money taking over for the 1-9. Oh, shoot. Oh, the 1-9s and the 2-0s. <laughs> Oh, shoot. The one nines. The The one nines and the two O's. Well, we are representing for the one nines and the two O's. Shout out to everybody. You guys are listening to the third official season of Mixed Company Podcast. Cue air horn. (laughs) Shout out to Funkmaster Flex. Where is he when you actually need him? We've been trying to fuck shit up for a while now. We have. We've actually been successful. I was thinking about this for a while. We've started some shit. We have. We've had some amazing moments of starting shit, pissing people off, making people happy. Some of us have quit our jobs, and by some, I mean two thirds of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there is one standing left. I may or may not be trying to get back. Hey, we'll see how okay. this works. <laughs> we'll see how this works. But we've we've done a lot in three yeah. seasons. Yeah, and like in in this season, for those we kind of have our internal guide of what we're going to be talking about and it's all going to be about changing the narrative Yep. because we want to not talk about this in 10 years right (laughs) how do you you know I can't remember what like I don't know if y'all used to watch AMC but I used to watch CNN AMC and like the Disney Channel that's what I grew up watching because I'm a nerd I don't care Um, but one of the movies it was either Davy Crockett or um, Citizen Kane they were talking about like well how do you establish hit how do you establish history okay. and it's the person that writes the history that gets to establish the history yes so in true. order for us to actually change what people are talking about about or how people uh, discuss people of color and diversity in this industry if we're going to change that we have to uh, create the narrative ourselves so that's what we're doing we're Amen. Changing praise the narrative. god Look at that. yes oh, bless him yes <laughs> But luckily for us, we don't get to do that on our own because we're here to actually expand in not just our narrative, but our numbers. So we have some new family at the table with us today. Um, I'd like you all to welcome Ayana and Taylor to the show. Ladies. Hi, ladies. Hi there. Hello. Hello. I'm going I'm to let, let you say hi one more time so that we can hear you, hear you. Hello, the queen is here. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So just so you guys know, before we jump into the dope shit name shit, we actually have these ladies here. They are legends because, you know, I like to make everybody feel good when they're at the table because that's how you get the good conversation. <laughs> but they are seasoned uh, professionals that actually work on the health side of the ad business. Um, and as we've discussed in previous episodes, in previous seasons, um, some some of y'all hate on health. And it's, it's you know, on one hand, it's like, I, I guess I get it. But again, we're here to change the narrative. And it's like there, there are a lot of people that have successful careers 
uh, long careers on the health side of the business. They seem to be happier. These women came into this uh, into this room with their skin looking clear, with you know, with a you glow. know, with a glow. They got jewelry <laughs> on. They look happy after a fourteen hour day at work. And so we need to know. We need to get to understand what their secret is. So they're going to tell us a little bit about the misconceptions of working in health and what their positive and maybe negative experiences have been. Um, so I, I was I'm one excited. of those haters. So you are I'm, one of those I'm, haters. I'm, I'm here yeah. to. Um, we to still learn. love you. No, it's all right. I'm, I'm here to learn new things. Um, exactly. Because I, I think for for a lot of us, especially on the creative side, the the idea of going to health has felt like you would have handcuffs on, um, and you wouldn't be able to be as creative. Um, and then you would get pigeonholed there, and you would get stuck. So you know, I'm here. We're going to talk about the real all of that. challenge lies. So. Yeah. When you have those handcuffs, yeah. I think. Is that not the black experience? Right. Have we not been handcuffed? <laughs> have we not been put in a box before? You Let know me what? stop. I don't, I don't need any more handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Minimize those. Well, speaking of handcuffs, I think it's a good time for us to go ahead and jump into our dope shit or ain't shit segment. For those of you that are new to the podcast and for those of you that have been here with us for a while, you know this is our current event section where we talk about all of the amazing things that have happened in the industry and in culture and in the world and also those ain't shit things that just need to get called out and told about themselves. Um, ladies, feel free to jump in if you have something that you'd like to talk about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with some dope shit because let's start the year off on a positive note. Um, this one goes out to the Advertising Club of New York, who is actually hosting their uh, second annual Black History Month campaign for 2019 entitled uh icons rock stars and innovators this year they'll be focusing on the golden age of black advertising which starts in the late 1960s and goes all the way up to a little bit of our time the early 1990s um you guys will be catching myself interviewing quite uh, a few of the legends in our business um as well as karina and simeon at the live event at the end of the month so as we get closer to the campaign we'll make sure that we post on all the social media platforms, links to the online exhibit, and we'll send out invites, and we hope to see some of you guys there. Yeah, I think this is going to be dope just because no one really talks about these people. They don't. You know, and and when we talk about D&I, I think I know that we need to, you have to always look back to understand, like, what has worked, what didn't work, and the best way to do it is to talk to those people who were there um, who made something out of nothing, and were very successful, so I'm I'm excited about this. The interesting thing about the DN- DNI phase is that many people think it's current, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's now. not like it's hot right now. And it's like, what about the trailblazers who didn't have a chief diversity officer or exactly. homies with a podcast exactly. or a voice or ability to push back? So I'm I, really interested. The irony of you saying that is so one of the people that we interviewed was um, Sheldon Levy, who actually started his career back in the first MAPE class back in 1974 
okay so just hearing his story to your point like we don't actually celebrate the people that have been in the biz so long the narrative that we discussed today will tell you that there's only like one black person in every agency and that anyone that started in advertising prior to maybe 10 years ago they don't work here work in the industry anymore which isn't true we're just spread out a little bit too far um we've probably integrated our careers into other facets of creativity whether it's music or entertainment but the stories that these people will be sharing are amazing like not saying that 1974 is ancient but i'm just telling you that my parents weren't considering bringing me into this world in 1974 so i'd like to know what was going on back in the day i mean it it sounds it sounds ancient but on some real shit that was like 10 years before i was yeah, born yeah it's so. still present day <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say i was already here like, that's like that's that's not ancient at all and i think yeah. it, it actually brings it into context it that does. like we're yeah. still talking about the same shit exactly um, and so i think this is going to be like really cool because like we need people to look up to like this is all about and we have people to look up to you we know. just don't know them yes. so yeah. that's what this is going to help us do so i'm excited the team's excited this is hidden figures for advertising y'all Are they really this is this is <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, is. This is Mad Men, but like, this is like Mad Soul Brothers and stuff. Bro- soul Brothers and I mean, sisters. Like, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna. I'm gonna have my. I'm gonna have better gel so that my mad fro, soul. my fro, Mad Soul, <laughs> Mad Soul. That's what the show is gonna be called. Um. So okay, I'll let somebody else take it on. Anybody else got some dope shit or some ain't shit they want to share? I mean, I'm my, gonna go last though. Oh, she got is, some ain't shit. Mine is a hybrid. Um, you know, I've we've just came off the holiday season i was doing my holiday hibernation um which i was watching a lot of streaming shit um so netflix got all of my money right so the the ain't shit is all both of those fire documentaries because i oh my god documentaries were great the fire people it's it's a hybrid because it's like there's no better like example of like modern white privilege Mm -hmm. than watching those documentaries the ancient part is that they were able to get away with it and that people's livelihood suffered because of that they're gonna make so much money off of these documentaries that is the ancient part that that also too I hope some of that money goes back to the people in the Bahamas who worked on the fire festivals and the your lips to money. God's ears so, and so Billy's pockets. Yeah, yeah, so they the GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah. So she she got her money back. I want to see her get her money. Like I want to yeah. see that because yeah. like she was breaking tears for the Netflix one. I didn't see the Hulu one. Uh, I, I don't like think she a, was in the Hulu one. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't care about her story there. I think the Hulu one was more about it was about Billy. It was Billy's Billy. side of the story, yeah. which was stupid. I actually heard that he worked in advertising. He did. I did not know that. I was like, that makes sense. He comes from yeah. He comes from a marketing and sales background. I mean, how else? It's either that or drugs. Like he really didn't have too many places he could go with that kind of skill set. That was it. That's all he could do. Yeah. But my my other dope shit, my official dope shit is Mike Jones' Trigger Warning, which is on Netflix. Mike Jones. Yeah. Oh, you like Mike Jones? Who? Mike, Mike, Mike Jones? Jones? Mike Jones. Really? Um, Trigger Warning is a six-episode streaming show, whatever. Um, and it's—I feel like there needs to be there needs to be a syllabus for white people who want to be allies. And I think it's one of those shows where white people need to watch. No, it. I just wow. need to know. We talking about Mike Jones from Houston, Texas. Mike Jones. Oh, kill him. Oh, kill him. I was like, uh, 334 My bad. My bad. Thank That's you. like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, killer Mike, Killer Because I got really Mike. excited. I was like, I why, got really I was like excited. why are you asking me this multiple because times? Because where has Mike Jones been? <laughs> Back then, killer they Mike, didn't want Mike. me. Now he hot. Now, now he's on Netflix. They all on him. Killer Mike. Okay, we're, we're definitely Mike. talking about Killer Mike. Yes. Okay. I, wow. That is, that is a six-episode must-watch like series of just like mm. fucking shit up. And I think I think we're in this space of like trying where we need to ask ourselves the right questions about so many social constructs, and that's what he does uh, from blackness to education to to branding. Like it's all there, and so. That was my dope shit. So I was question for you. Some of yes. his recent work has been supporting the NRA, or right? And he tried to come NRA. for Auntie so that's Joy Reid. I didn't click on that. I felt some kind of way about that. Uh, I'm sure he talks about it. So he didn't really talk about the NRA. So the first episode was about like living black and yeah. supporting like black businesses, and for like I think for like a week he tried to only buy from like black stores and use black products and he was showing like how difficult it is um, in this day and age but then also talking to people who like lived through civil rights and they had no other choice but to buy black Mm -hmm. and so talking about the you know how that changed from you know having um, these epicenters of of commerce with black people and now there's like no way to do that okay so I'm really behind the times because I think (laughs) I saw an advertisement (laughs) On my Netflix, or you know how to give those quick, you know, little yeah. hits. And what stopped me from clicking play was when he was like in the strip club, and he was like, "You're not a black stripper. I'm only trying to buy black." I this appreciated week. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so yes. I was yes. like, "Wait!" I was like, "What universe am I yeah. in?" I was like, "This so has to be." I appreciated that, that. A practical oh joke. God. So, because at first he caught my eye when he was like, "I'm buying black and this and that." I was like, "Oh yes, that's we yeah. need to get back to that." Because I was just teaching my daughter about boycotts and and what. It, what does a boycott mean? Of course, it extends to many, many areas right. of your life. And so I was like, oh, maybe this is a show that I, you know, we could no, have a family no. night. No, no, no. That is not the one. No, 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 definitely not a family that night. That is not right. a family uh, night. <laughs> and so I was like, hmm. Yeah. Oh. I'm definitely not about that right now. Um, but yes, the shipper was, was not black, so she could not get his money. And that was. <laughs> that was That's real. That was the That's on brand. Like, you can it was on brand. Completely on brand. Completely on brand. So th- that's my my hybrid of dope shit and shit. You know, I was watching a lot of streaming services. So nice. I have a top three. Wait, I thought you said you wanted to go last. Oh, you, my bad. I have, you, we have guests. I'm rude. <laughs> I feel a little like mine. I don't know how. I I did have a couple of dope things, but one one thing that I'm picking out was I really am happy about Kamala Harris. Yes, H U U know. We out here. She's actually one of my saw rods too. Yes. So I was like ecstatic, <laughs> and you know, just I, I was really happy to hear about her declaration mm-hmm. and uh, the community to come out and support, and just already so much buzz around it so that was one of the things it's gonna be a real interesting next couple i'm gonna say it it's it's a howard takeover i really feel that this ain't new (laughs) you you knew this ain't new we've been here i don't know where you've been at but no i do think i am excited about the democratic um campaigns mainly because so the first one to come out that made me excited was elizabeth warren because i've always really appreciated how direct she is but kamala harris or kamala harris rather because I had to get the pronunciation correct. Kamala yeah. <laughs> Harris, she and I and I knew it was going to happen 
but when black women, I find when black women take a stage that is so high profile and so respected, the hate comes down on them so quickly. Yeah. And I, I felt like I should have put money on like how quickly the haters were going to come out the woodworks. And all of a sudden now the same people, not that we need to bring up the aura, that man, but the same people that would ride with him for 10 years, like, you know, you can't blame a man for what they did 10, 15 years ago, are bringing up her track record yeah. as a prose prosecutor mm -hmm. about decisions that she made 10, 15 years ago. And the things to consider is that it was a different culture. Okay. The job is different. Not to say that she shouldn't have to answer for them and not to say that she shouldn't necessarily be judged for her answers, but, like, people were writing her off because, oh, who is it? Tariq Nasheed, who's like the biggest hotep, and we've talked about hoteps on this show before. Yes. But the biggest yes. hotep in the entire world talking about she now she want to pander to black people by showing off her edges. And I'm oh like, my. as a black woman, what? that is the last way you ever want to pander <laughs> to anyone. Trust and believe. She she was not looking forward to having her hair looking like that that day to pander to anybody. So, um, it's it's just going to be exciting because I know that she's going to have to go through a lot and she's going to have to prove herself and we know she's going to do it more from gracefully, us. more from us, you more think? from us. Yeah. And then on top of that, there are all of these other people. That's the disappointing part because why were we the first to Thank jump you. out there, the royal we, the royal the we, right? To Not the there in opposition. Is and it, it's crazy, but she's going to. I know she's going to be able to like slide through this gracefully. But she's also up against a really diverse set of um, candidates. Yeah. This is probably the most diverse and largely women, woman um, cam uh, campaign season that I presidential campaign season ever. So it's gonna be something to watch. It'll probably let me turn the TV back I mean, on. I think it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> like this, mm -hmm. this, like this showcase. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you you got to yeah. start early. Yeah. I, it always starts. I tell people all the time by the summer, a year and a half before the actual election is when campaign season starts. But she, yeah. They're kind of early, I, and I think they there were they're they are announcing their candidacy earlier than usual, but they yeah. do start campaigning. So when she, her, and Elizabeth Warren started doing all of the talk shows, mm -hmm. that's when I knew what was up. When people out here write re releasing books, <laughs> and you ain't even know you wanted to read about them, it's like oh, they about to run for something. That, well, that's, true. that's why you do it. Because when's Iowa caucus? When is uh, that? That's the in the winter. It's oh, coming it's up. up. Yeah, it's coming up. That's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be lit. It's gonna be lit. It is gonna be lit. All right, Taylor. No, you want to chime in? You sure? Okay. <laughs> she said. She said she makes company commentary. <laughs> She's a correspondent. <laughs> All right, Karina, what you got? I have top three. So number one, our podcast fam podcast cousins, Borrowed Interest, they gave us a shout-out on their last episode. And when I mean last, their very last episode. Um, so we want to show some love to them and thank you for the shout-out. And you can always catch their work living on the Internet. Number two, Marseille Martin for being the youngest yes. um, executive producer. That's my little cousin in my head. <laughs> She's so cute and so smart. I can't wait to watch Little. It looks so good. And to, I watch the SAG Awards, so this is going to be far in advance. Yes, Black Panther for winning um, Best Ensemble or Best Cast. Because they are. They are. And, and, and Crazy Rich Asians, but Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. So that's my rundown of Dope Shit. Yes. And yeah. 
<laughs> we so we did not get uh any listener feedback which is something we used to do but we have received quite a few people that have given us um quick shout outs on twitter and yes. instagram so thank you to uh uncle Derek walker who always supports us he gave us a nice shout out in the drum in his recent interview um thank you to all of the people that listened that got caught up on our episodes over the break and listened yeah. to our three percent episodes that we released as well as some episodes from here all the black people so we cannot express how grateful and i know some people be like you always tell people you're grateful that's because i am you have to and be the, the moment i don't say thank you is the moment i meant it okay yeah. so oh, wow. like <laughs> it's true so like we really do yeah. appreciate and all of the support we, we also received. got some shout outs on fishbowl oh, oh cool. and fishbowl oh, oh they they spilling our name in the tea in the tea bin yeah. yes tea bin yes somebody so said, somebody said we're a must listen we are a must we listen nice. And okay. shout out to Dr. Farah for shouting us she out. She did Twitter. too, exactly. Yes. So listen, we're, we're not. We don't give therapy, <laughs> but we are ther- We are therapeutic and and, and helpful. <laughs> that was unnecessary. It was. It was a necessity. <laughs> All right, so we can go ahead and transition into our um, our hot topic. And yes. you, ladies, Miss Ayana and Taylor, are the hot topics. The queens Ladies. of healthcare oh, advertising. Like like yes. The divas of the, I don't know, y'all. I was going to try to come up with something. But y'all are fly. Um, Ayana, you, you actually were a part of our uh, uh uh, our first black, our first, yeah. our first event um, for black women who've considered the C-suite. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's amazing to have you on the show. And Taylor, we actually met at that event as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are coming almost a year full circle. So I'll start off with just kind of giving you guys a rundown. As we said, we're looking to change the narrative of how people think about this business as a whole. It's not just about being of color. It's not just about being a woman. It's about how we perceive the benefits of this business, the ways into this business, and the ways to sustain. One of those ways that's not always um, considered due to, quote-unquote, a lack of sexiness is working on the health side of the business. Here are some things that I I want people to consider. Um, People are always going to get sick. Um, (laughs) People are always going to want to change how they look. Um, And there's always going to be money funneled into those issues. With that being said, I personally feel, as a person that's always worked on the consumer side of the business, that there is a shit ton of money that we're just leaving on the table by not putting our best feet forward or our best brains forward um, and taking a stab at this side of the business. So um, I'll let either of you start, but I kind of want to know from both of you ladies, what made you get into advertising and what made you choose the health side of the business? So I can start. Because uh, it wasn't an active choice, but it's <laughs> so, <laughs> so very similar to the other side of the keep business. It, keep okay, it real. Um, so I was finishing up a master's. I was up here looking for a job, um, looking for a job both in the New York area and in my whole t- hometown, DC. Okay, um, the area. Yeah, the yeah. area. So um, I saw this ad on Monster.com. It said are you organized? Do you like to travel? And that's all they put. And I was like, that's me all day. So applied for it, got the job, and it ended up being an event planner in the healthcare advertising industry. So that's what I was doing. I was planning um, large-scale events for pharmaceutical companies. 
and then um, you know further along and they started realizing there was some education there was some substance I was actually listening to the content then I got it invited into the room and I became a, in a client services client liaison um, and once I got invited into the room to your point <clears throat> it was more about it was less about a sexiness factor and it was more about a responsibility and a duty because we are the ones that are um, we're talking about your health right your livelihood so did I daydream about being on the cover girl or the this and that account 100% but then I got in the room and I found that they're talking about health care they're talking about pharmaceuticals they're talking mm -hmm. about this and that and minorities are no part of that conversation okay so I was yep. like you know this is this is something that's on my mind that's not on anybody's mind right. in this room right I happenstance on this industry as well <laughs> so that so but I feel I, like at this point we know that just nobody chooses advertising advertising chooses everyone you'll do but, but advertising but hold on. some yeah. people do choose it because now it's an actual major right you, yeah. you keep in mind we were born in the 70s hello so y'all look so good let me just say that y'all better come on talk about <laughs> out here trying to fool early 70s, so, <laughs> the 70s. So, so I mean so it wasn't a college major it wasn't a focus it was a you have a background in either marketing communications or health care and so some people choose it because they have a medical background but they have a creative gene got it got it got it and that was similar to me like I happenstanced on I didn't realize that there were agencies of this magnitude that help manufacturers or help clients um, <laughs> put their brands out there and help develop brands. So I started off in healthcare mm -hmm. and working in a lab, working in a nephrology clinic and all that stuff. And um, I was like, I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a people person. Maybe there's something else out there. And I came across an ad. It was for an admin job. And they said, we need someone with a science background who, you know, Organize, and I was like, I could do that. Like, I'm doing 24-hour protocols in the lab or, you know, taking blood work from patients. I'm sure I can figure something out. And they um, – You actually had a real job well, before you yeah. came to this side. You had a real job. <laughs> but can I tell you something? She's you get paid more on this side. I believe yeah. that. Because working in a lab, you could make $10 if you get $15 an hour as a lab assistant, lab tech, and even if you're working – for an academic center, you're like, this is great. You took <laughs> people's <laughs> blood. I, right. You, I, like you were touching hazardous material. Pinnacle. Here I mean, we yeah, just deal with like, hazardous people. I didn't even know what an admin was, though. Mm. <laughs> I mm -hmm. was just like, and then my mom was like, I think that's the secretary. I was like, oh. Well. That's such a nice way to say it. Exactly. I was like, this is <laughs> that's a nice title. And then I just happened to do a lot more than what they thought an assistant could do and they were always surprised by where I went to school mm. and I was I didn't think anything of it but I just started making my way and having I could have the conversations with physicians and I understood the science so it was learning the marketing aspect mm. and having an appreciation for what it takes to build brands right. and to communicate, change behavior, yeah. um, all the different tenets mm -hmm. of marketing 101 that you know now they teach in the schools, and we had to learn that on the job. Got it. Very cool. So why do you guys think ever, like there are so many people that are just 
they're like scared or like averse to this this side of the business why do you think people call it unsexy and is there anything sexy that you found about it i feel like anytime someone hears medical or scientific Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when they hear health and wellness that's something else Mm -hmm. that seems more appealing which is why a lot of agencies have started to have you know change in the narrative there but if they hear medical scientific even if they hear the word pharma Mm -hmm. it just sounds like oh so because we can't spell pseudicals exactly we can't can't (laughs) spell pseudicals (laughs) <laughs> they just feel like I'm going to spend my life writing away the disclaimers that are put on. You know, they mm. they focus on that aspect as opposed to we need more people of color in mm-hmm. this area because we are being left out of conversations. Mm-hmm. That ma- it's bad enough they really don't develop drugs with um, people of color mm-hmm. in mind, right? At yeah. all, and so to not also be included, you know. Diabetes medications, mm-hmm. which universally impact. This is where our the money's at. That's where the that's what. And frankly, I've talked to my friends who work on the consumer side or general market side, and they're like, "You make what? You make a lot totally more over here. Mm-hmm. Start start with that. Start with thinking like, hey, there's a lot more opportunity for growth over on this side.' I but think there is some. Let's keep it real. There's some reality to differences of what you can do in healthcare and outside of healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, we've both worked at large agencies, which will remain nameless. Okay. Large <laughs> agencies that had multiple categories, and there's different things you can do. So you were talking about a regulated product, right? So you're talking about something that people put in their body, mm-hmm. something that could kill someone. So it comes with a certain level of responsibility, and everything isn't for everybody, right? Right. So some so. So, for example, if um, oftentimes when people think about healthcare or finance, those are regulated um, industries, right? Mm-hmm. So there are going to be different nuances and different regulatory bodies that you have to answer to, the FDA or whomever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to be responsible. And so I do think that with, um, let's just call it guardrails or limitations, some people see a, 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 like um hampered creativity mm-hmm. whereas others people see a challenge or an excitement because i think that some of the sexiest work in um med tech yep or uh in 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 a lot of the even med tech sounds sexy that's right sounds, that that's sounds better stuff. than pharmaceutical yeah. advertising Ooh, right so med like tech. you know even your apple watch is a, a, a med medical tech, yeah. is med tech right so i think as health and wellness becomes part of our life People are more vegans. You know, um, CPG brands are actually coming to us saying people are holistically thinking about the health, their Mm -hmm. health. And that has become much broader than just pharmaceutical. So, like, if I get invited to a meeting and we're only talking about a pill, then we're missing the whole equation. Yep. We're, We're missing all the aspects of health that we have to consider. We're talking about, um... Not only how to sell a product, but how to help physicians understand how to relate to human yeah. beings. So when physicians go to med school, they're not taught communication skills. <laughs> they're taught how to, you know, the body. They're taught they're taught biology. They're taught certain aspects, but they're not taught to be communicators. Right. So that's one aspect. But then you're you're talking to someone who. Um, then on the consumer side, right, you're not talking to me about what hair dye I want. You're talking to me about what I'm actually putting into my body, right. what's going to help me live longer. So 
it's a lot it's becoming more mainstream as yeah. our mainstream becomes Fair. health oriented so if we say health so i i tend to say health communications health and wellness it's not just pharmaceutical advertising right. and i think i honestly i mean i've had the pleasure of working on finance and pharma brands and i think a lot of what my peers miss is that even working on a l'oreal brand let's say i i feel i have the more restrictions working with an already established sexy brand than i do on the finance and pharmaceutical side largely because creatively there's more flexible visually there's more flexibility the boundaries that I found that w were hard to get around were just the terms and conditions and the internal routings with like lawyers and physicians and just making sure we don't get sued. Mm -hmm. So you can be as creative as you want without us getting sued as opposed to working with like a really large um, commercial brand where this is our brand book. This is how we like it. This is how you got to do it on the on the other sides. They don't they don't really know. So I think. I think there's a lot more of the conversation about what people are missing that we just need to be honest about instead of looking at it like, oh, I don't want to talk about acetaminophen. <laughs> like, like, okay, does? nobody does, but, you Especially know. Especially the person that needs to take it. When we talked to our some of our colleagues at previous agencies that were on CPG brands, I think they were fascinated to um, – to understand how much strategy, market mm -hmm. brand strategy that we we do. So I'm a former account person, but the brand strategy, the branding, the launch experience, mm -hmm. and all of that far surpasses um, our counterparts that work on, to your point, an yep. established brand. If L'Oreal or Kmart or whatever brand has been that forever, there are a certain level of um, one where where that brand sits in your customer's mind, mm -hmm. some hallmarks that you have to deal with. So a lot of the joy I get, and, and I they know, don't you, do as much market research, right? At is, all is in market research and in the brand building yeah. and in yeah. the strategy. The execution is table stakes. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just the way that you look at like the creativity, like. For just because you have a commercial spot, people are dancing around and flipping on their heads. That doesn't necessarily equate to the same creativity. They do that in Pepto-Bismol commercials. Well, Pepto-Bismol is more wellness, but when you're talking about like pharmaceutical stuff, like you can Viagra, look at, they do flips. Any, my point <laughs> is, I was like, I've seen all the commercials. I don't know about, but, but that's pushing the boundaries, right? Figuring <laughs> yeah. out a way to be creative. You can be happier too, but like, <laughs> way happier, but um. What I'm saying is you, you can know. you can look at creativity where it's marketing to doctors or mm -hmm. marketing, um, maybe it's unbranded content. You know, you have to shift your idea that creativity will live in different things and not necessarily the mainstream channels that, like, you thought you could only do creative work. Right. Like, you know, even with digital apps, even though it's going to a doctor or, you know, people who sell in hospitals, it can be as interesting as doing an app for consumer market. I mean, yeah, I think that's, now that you're, like, breaking it down, I think also the, the interesting thing about what I heard from what you were saying that kind of stuck with me is kind of the social responsibility behind pharma advertising, especially when it comes to people of color. So you, you talked about communicating, and when I think about older, especially older black people who don't necessarily trust doctors, mm -hmm. there it, it almost heightens the the um 
the way in or makes it a little bit more interesting because now you know that you have to kind of communicate this this product or this solution or whatever it is that you're marketing to actually um, be effective with targets that aren't more inclined to want to take a medicine or want to go to the doctor so which which now that's that's to me that's a little bit more interesting than just oh i want to like market viagra on the tv and figure out like how to sh- a different way to show this old man in a canoe that's that's interesting and i don't think a lot of people talk about it from that lens you know one of the things that i will say is that Health is also very personal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because people can't do anything else. They can't buy that L'Oreal right. shampoo if they don't have any hair. Mm, that's real. Their chemotherapy <laughs> treatment. Mm. And so that's a word. It's it's personal, and you don't realize it until you're going through a sickness. Mm-hmm. You know, until you're going or your loved one is, and um, it's important for us to be part of the conversation you know because we've been left out of so many other conversations and then also to be marginalized in health is just you know one other affliction um and and we're so used to always doing the heavy lifting when it comes to self-care right mm-hmm. we've got to take care of our ourselves we have to heal you know you go to somebody's mama they will tell you they will not mention Tylenol they will mention a whole bunch of other you know uh solutions that are home remedies you know because can i tell you robitussin there are generic forms that are referred to as just tussin yes that's what we used to have exactly i was so surprised (laughs) when i went into walgreens and they had a generic version just called tussin yeah but you have you know, they'll tell you to take the apple cider vinegar yep. with this instead of, you know, buying some, not you know, cold eggs. Right. I'm not, right. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we, we have to take an active part in this. You know, one of the notions that I've been playing around with is that black women can save healthcare advertising. Mm. Do you know why I say mm. that? Because tell me why you say We've had to deal with so much in our lives, and we have to be creative with so little. Mm-hmm. And we could make so much out of so little. Yes. Like we are so resourceful. And to Taylor's point, we don't see, you know, uh, any any um, restrictions. We just see, well, that's an opportunity. Opportunities, mm-hmm. right. And we're so used to doing that that it comes naturally. And frankly, what I've seen with the industry, I, I've been in this side of the business 20 years now since even – you know, after having another career. And what I've seen is people willing to become less resourceful because they have everything on the internet. You don't have to go around, you know, visiting someone else's Mm -hmm. office, seeing where they're at. You could just look them up online. Right. And now it's a matter of how can we take it to another level? And I think that uh, women of color, because we've been through so much, we've always had to do that, that this is, to me, frankly, a very natural um, industry for us to be in. Now, men of color, <laughs> he was like, when are you going to get to that? I think that there needs to be, you know, some reality checks. Sometimes I look at, you know, our office, they're more willing to step 
except a woman of color. Mm, I was literally, then, that was about to be the next question. Oh, what is oh, the, yes. what, what how, of color, let's talk about diversity color, in health. If he is not in office services, you'd be like, hey, what you doing? Who are you? That's, mm-hmm. I do that now. It'd be like, you single? <laughs> oh, you got a girl? No, oh, okay, I was just wondering. I, I will say this. I just I'm wanted not, to I'm not going to say which agency we're recording in right now, but I, I, this was my first interview out of school, oh, and wow. they actually offered me 95K wow. with no experience. What? But I was an idiot. Oh. And I turned it down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the sexy We could have been, by, you could have been <laughs> buying out the bar. You like, could have oh, been I'm buying gonna, out the bar. Now you, would, like you a scrub. would be a rarity. And you would probably be rarity. some. Because the thing about it, uh, uh, you, you bring so many different perspectives to the table. Um, the strength and, and the resilience, um, the fortitude, I think, you know, and as a, as, uh, is a different angle to mm-hmm. what you know women of color can bring, and I think they need more men of color in this industry from a reality check. Sometimes we don't have a reality check, just like in any other communications business. Some of the things that they want to put out there, there's a lot of backlash because no one was in the room to be like, "Are you for real? Are you guys going to run this?" But the, so the thing I want to build on that I agree with everything that you're saying is that our work, we get involved way farther upstream Mm, than the communication. So I just don't want that to be missed for people that hear us. So by the time we're in a room and we're looking at a um, storyboard for a commercial, the strategy has been set. Mm -hmm. So just to, you know, bring it farther upstream, people of color are underrepresented in clinical trials, in uh, pharmaceutical companies, in marketing teams, and in advertising agencies. So the social responsibility piece for me is I think about the fact that um, we have some of the highest rates of you know undetected diseases because maybe it's not on our radar or maybe, you know, and then when we get to the doctor, the doc, it is documented that physicians interact differently with people of yep. color. And, and maybe it's unintentional. Let's just, you know. You, we, could, we could go ahead and put in air quotes. Uh, maybe yep. maybe it's unintentional, but some of them um, don't even realize the cultu- cultural nuances yep. when you say, like, Very oh, true. you know, to, a, to a, a, you know, Latina, oh, just don't eat rice. Or, you know, to a, a person, you know. Listen. Or to a person of color, like, who just don't host Thanksgiving or whatever. It's like you actually have to understand the, the cultural mm-hmm. context. And the fact that you are not just doling out a product, you are interacting with a human being, right? right? And so we get involved way farther early on. So the ability to be sitting at the table talking about, like, who's involved in the clinical trials, that's one element of our work. Um, What are the marketing strategies? Is there a culturally relevant you know, campaign or angle communications mm-hmm. campaign for um, people of color and diabetes. How could that be not, you know, how yeah. could people of color not be considered in diseases where we are, you know, ha- have a higher representation? And then when you see, I mean, I've been in um, creative reviews where I've looked at concepts mm-hmm. and they've just been culturally off. So tell me about that, because I think that's kind of where I want to get into next. Like, what I mean, we talk a lot about those moments when you're at the table and what it's like to be asked to the table. And then there's a second step. You have to be invited to participate in the conversation at the table. Have you guys had experiences where you've had the opportunity to participate in conversations 
much like it sounds like you're kind of getting into. Yeah, 100%. I think that comes with um, definitely years. I think there's lots of parallels. So one, years of understanding um, your craft. So advertising as a craft, right? So if you're at the table, that's one. And then two, understanding your culture, right? So you add that layer and then feeling comfortable that you represent a unique perspective at the table. So if, I'll give an example, I was in a creative review um, and um, the um, patient population for this particular product was um, 70 year old Caucasian um, and so that was that particular um, product. And then all of a sudden there was a, 20-year-old Muslim woman and some copy that was way off strategy and way off cultural context. Um, And so, um, ironically, so my husband is Muslim, so I have one awareness, like in-house awareness, but then all of a sudden, all as well as cultural awareness. But I was the only person to say, where does she come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is she n- not, just because you want to have some diversity? One, she doesn't represent the patient target. Two, those words should never go over that picture or be associated with that picture because right. you're going to get yourself in trouble. And it was a teachable moment. Right. And I'm not trying to represent everyone, but it's about doing your, doing your job while yeah. You're, yeah. you're at the table for a reason. Is it, I mean, there's been said that the clients, like our pharma or health clients, are actually more diverse than the agencies themselves. Do you see that? Yeah, I would agree. I would thoroughly agree with that. And sometimes they come to the table looking to see some of their counterparts represented, and they don't. And I think now more and more we see it, you know, from a new business standpoint where it does impact and they want to see diversity, mm-hmm. you know, being servicing their business. Yeah, so. and some of the RFPs we get, not only are we getting uh, requests for our um, minority vendor uh, yep. relationships, but they want to see a team that represents the pa- patient population that they are servicing, yeah. which commend, I commend them. And that, and ironically enough, to the point of our earlier conversation, some of our agencies aren't finding the talent that they need to bring in back to the sexy nonsense. <laughs> age old issue. Age old issue. So I, th- I think, and I think that's funny. Like I, I hear that, and then I'm like, is it is that actually a valid conversation on the health side? Because I'm like, on the consumer side, I'm like, I know like mad people that are out of work, myself included, right now. But obviously, mine's on purpose, so no shade. But are you guys having trouble finding people of color to come onto the health side? What are, yeah, and what does that look like, right? Because I feel like on even on the consumer side, we can say that when people say they don't know where to find people of color, that's bullshit. Um, and so we know that there have been people of color who've gone through, um, who've been at consumer on the consumer side, who were either pushed out or, or laid off. So can those people transit what's what does that transition look like for let's start with the first so, question yeah, so, so, i was like you always do that <laughs> i'd I be learning I, shit i yeah. imagine <laughs> i think we're talking we're talking a lot about the pharma side or the healthcare side and the consumer side and i'll say there are more similarities than not mm-hmm. so if i'm being real m- most people aren't looking mm-hmm. right so when i go into a leadership conversation yep. everybody looks alike got it 
oftentimes I go to certain clients in certain parts of the country, everybody looks alike. So that's the similarity, you know, a, a, there's a lot of, um, you know, chocolate chips at the bottom of the, of, of the uh, glass, right? Mm. And so once you get to a certain level, a lot of people look alike. And so now it, it's, it's sad that our clients have to ask for more diversity. I love that you team. said chocolate chips at the bottom of the glass. I'm <laughs> like, oh, yes, I know exactly what that means. <laughs> and, and, and so back to social responsibility, it's our responsibility as hiring managers to say, do you have anybody else? Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Yeah. Mm. I would agree with that. I think that we could also recommend where they can start looking for people. Fair. Because it's not um, – it's it's really not hard to find. It's, it's really it's, not. It's, if they go to the right, you know, schools, go to the HBCUs, go on net. You can even search on LinkedIn. Uh, right. You can go to some of the fraternal organizations or community organizations, and um, you know, this is this is a to me a bigger problem that's starting to impact business just overall because you have Fair. even a lot of the same people. Yeah. circulating in the business True. whether they're people mm-hmm. of color yep. or not you right. just whether start they're good seeing, or not whether they're good or well. not you're just starting to see <laughs> some of the same you know just because they have a certain level of experience and I don't think managers are tasked with mentoring and developing talent right. like they once were so mm-hmm. you can start out with I, to me I hate when someone's like I need to get someone who can hit the ground running and they me want a junior person too because like, that's how you set up a junior person to fail. Exactly. Because the entire point of a, I just had to tell somebody this. You need to develop them. And, if and you the, see the, go ahead, the yeah. additional reality of being a minority person entering the organization oh. is there's another le- yeah. level of um, understanding that you have to understand the like organizational politics in which you are yes. hitting the ground running. Yeah. So I don't even think there's an appreciation at any level. You know, there is in a big organization here, but at any level. And especially if you're coming in at the top, who are you? Who invited you here? Girl. So I think you, th- I've you been just there. Have to understand that, um, but I think allies, right? So we're here, um, and just networking, having allies, and people that have their eyes open are willing to, you know, support. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a will, there's a way. I was looking back recently in December. You you may know this name. Did you guys know a Barbara Proctor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she right. She was the first African American. But, I, but woman. I will say I only know because that was the first time that I was also reading about her. It was this past at her death. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same for me. That was the first and I time. Was like, how did she start this agency as a woman of as an African American woman? She started in hers before Timberell started his. Yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And um, I know, right? I was just learning about her. So obviously, finding you know she had those same talent issues, Mm -hmm. the same diversity issues, and yet she was able to do this back in the 1970s. And so I think where there's a will, there's a way. And I think that challenging you know our resource management, um, making sure we're we're bringing in folks. I will tell you on the other side of that, when I've reached out to members in my community and I tell them I do healthcare communications, they usually want nothing to do with that. <laughs> right. And it's hard for me to convince folks, um, you know, unless they're really like, I just need a job. <laughs> but it's it's sometimes hard to convince folks to come over to healthcare. And mm-hmm. so uh, we are, that's why we love having this conversation in terms of how 
healthcare communications is necessary, how it's created, how yep. it's stimulating. It's purpose-based. It's purpose-based. I mean, that, that is so that's true. That's how yes. I, I talk to, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking for a purpose or wanting to do work with meaning. That It is that. Yeah. So who's going to um, help your community live a longer life than you? Right. It's not going to be top of mind for anyone else. And, you know, more and more the pa- the patient population for us are the boomers, our parents. Right. So for me to go to do market research is for me to have a call to my mother or my grandmother or whatever. And that's going to be far impactful than someone else having a conversation with them or going or into with the a stranger home. Right. we're sitting at thanksgiving dinner i worked on a diabetes product before <laughs> sitting at thanksgiving dinner was market research because you know everyone's like oh i should do this but i'm not going to do that or right. my doctor told me this but i didn't understand that and i just felt like for the first time in my life i was literally sitting in market research and i'm like well duh, 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 you should know about this duh, duh. and i was able to be a resource mm. I love that. You learn so, so much. <laughs> I, I, to, back to my question. Um, a lot of agencies are have been laying people off. So how does somebody get into? <laughs> right. There into, are there are. Several there's a lot people of people out right here now. floating around trying to figure out what their next moves are. Mm-hmm. So there are people out there. Like how do they, you know, take their their skills from the consumer side and make them relevant on the farmer side? I know as as a copywriter, the big thing was knowing. You know, this idea of hitting the ground running was yeah. knowing how to communicate via pharma and, you know, you know, integrate the legal ease into your, your creativity. So how do people come from the consumer side, make that transfer into the pharma side? I do want to make an add on to that. Like not only transition. How are adding on the questions? They got to answer the first question. I'm adding on. So, um, even when you get the objection that you don't have enough farm experience, mm-hmm. like for people who want to jump to far- from consumer, how can they build the case to come into farm? I mean, here, here's what I would tell you. For a creative, if you can demonstrate that you've worked in a highly technical area or an area with restrictions, i.e. finance, mm-hmm. um, and any other area that was that just was not necessarily specifically general markets, like you've demonstrated. Or strategic I, challenge. Uh, right, exactly. Some strategic challenge. Um, I would put that at the forefront and, and talk about how you were able still to create a story. There's mm-hmm. some storytelling even in what we do in a highly technical area because you mm-hmm. still – behavior change is behavior change. We want people advertising the, the you know, the um, – the origination of that word is some French word. I think it's advertise. I'm going to mess that up. But it means just to turn someone's eye to something, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all you want to do, whether it's, you know, hair care or whether it's, you know, chemotherapy. And so demonstrating that you you have experience in, like, a highly technical area that you've made a story out of is key. I would say also if you have any volunteer experiences or worked with any organizations that have a healthcare or wellness spin, even if you have someone in your family with a particular disease that you've had to say, learn about that disease in order to be a caregiver for them mm-hmm. or help them find yeah. information, that speaks a lot. Start rejiggering your, your um, resume for that. I would say client services, you know, that's a little bit easier in terms of transitioning the skills. Same thing for project management. But there are ways. Reach out to folks on P- 
sometimes people do it in fishbowl and they'll send the anonymous plug like how do i people email yeah. me on linkedin and LinkedIn ask for all the time. 30 minute conversations yes. all the time and i do it to build on making the case oftentimes so as part of um when i interview a candidate i also sometimes will give them a case study so i think just looking at some of the work that's in the space and coming in with a point of view on it um is is interesting and a lot of these um a lot of healthcare uh, or health and wellness agencies are looking for um, a breadth of experience yes. beyond the category yeah. because when our, I've, I've won some pitches where we've had to come in and we shared BMW as a case study because all of our clients want to borrow insights. They want to, they want, they want, they have the desire to make, you know, their work sexy as well. So they want to say like, talk to me about what Audi did the other yeah. day or talk to me about this or we, we're going in and we're talking about CRM. Mm -hmm. They want to know what L'Oreal is doing mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, um, physicians and patients are consumers. Uh -huh. Right. Right. And, and you have to look at it with a little bit of sense of, of confidence because of what you were talking about earlier as far as the pharmaceutical industry, healthcare industry is just more open to now you hear buzzwords like engagement or patient engagement and all of those things that the consumer world up. has been doing. You're exactly. ahead. You're ahead. This industry is behind yes. mm -hmm. in the digital revolution. So like, oh, the digital revolution. I'm like, wasn't that 1990? Right? So they're, <laughs> they're catching up. So if you could say, I've done this, I've done that, I've Social done Social campaigns. Yeah, like, yes. It all still. There's an advantage. Yes. And, and frankly, now, if I would tell folks, if you're tired of general markets, seek out healthcare and put those type of capabilities at the forefront and tell a good story around it because you will see more people biting at that. I can teach someone a therapeutic area for healthcare and, and how to um, you know, think about physicians a little bit differently from consumers. But that creativity sometimes and that drive is hard to mm -hmm. teach. Now, I will tell you, it still applies that coming here and the expectations for people of color are still very different mm -hmm. from our counterparts. And mm -hmm. we are sometimes still held to that higher standard. Um, but that's where you seek out advocates. You build your network right away. You know, you come in. I'm always that person. I'm like, say, hey, you see someone, person of color. That's real. Reach you out. You gotta say what's and, up. And, because and they will help you. Us, so you. There are fewer of us, so you may find that there's a tighter network yeah. of us. The industry is so small that once you create a name, the jobs come to you. Right. This is true. This is true. Well, Ladies, I just want to thank you so much for joining us for our first show Absolutely. of 2019-the one nines to the two O's. I'm gonna be saying this all year. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, shout out to Cash Money Millionaires. They're still doing it. They're still out here, just you know, just building culture. Um, but as we stated earlier, you guys, this this season we are planning to um, proactively change the narrative of many experiences in this business so you'll definitely be seeing us a lot more you'll be hearing from us a lot more we'll be partnering with um people um and organizations a lot more because i mean this this will be our legacy the the conversation that we're able to change hopefully you know 10 more people opt in for uh health advertising or med tech um 
med ad, um, whatever we want to call ad. it. <laughs> ten more med, med ten more people opted in in 2020 Next than they did know, last right? year. Um, so we hope you guys uh, keep in touch with us. As you know, you can find us on all our social media networks at Ask Mix Company um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can reach out to us on the website Mix Company Podcast. Or shoot us an email at askmixcompany at gmail.com. We will holler at y'all later.